0: Entirely convinced that the idiots over at Spotify are Ravens fans, because upon our attempt to film the last episode of this podcast, uh Spotify managed to screw it up, and so Zach and I could not be in the same recording lobby, thus explaining our three or four week hiatus. I don't remember how long it's been. Free agency is in full swing, ladies and gentlemen, and despite Spotify's best attempts, Zach and I have been following along and been informing each other of the great signings uh that have become of free agency. So this week, as me and Zach return from our hiatus, we're going to be talking about free agency, everything that the Steelers did, and a couple of things that they didn't do. We're going to go over, uh, generally speaking, the way the draft is going to go, and the way that we want the draft to go for the Steelers. I'm, of course, going to bring to the table my pickles pondering for the week. And after that, we will conclude, as we always conclude, with Zach's hot take of the week. So, thank you, Spotify, for just sucking and preventing us from filming our podcast for the last couple of weeks. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with more Steelers news. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, two Steelers fans in a pro
1: football world. I am Zach. And I am Dill. And we are here to bring you all of the news from the NFL, USFL, and XFL from a Pittsburgh Steelers perspective. And we are back after a long hiatus that Dill was mentioning a whole bunch of crap with Spotify. Uh, But uh, it seems to be better now. Me and Dill are actually both recording in studio together yeah uh and uh we have
0: something of a studio. yeah
1: this works as a studio and uh we will be we've figured out the well i guess spotify has figured out the issue but we will be back to doing regular recordings after this um and we will most likely be doing a live recording of the draft but we will keep you posted on that uh but we're back uh in normal rhythm for a while and there's been a decent amount of news since we've left but i think it's better to cover it all at once instead of the pieces because you guys are going to have a much more interesting episode to listen to uh this time but starting off we're going to talk about free agency free agency uh let's just say you know to some extent we might not have been as busy as we hoped there's probably some signings that we let go that we might have liked to have had um but I think that we've done pretty well in free agency considering, and especially considering the history of the Steelers, a franchise that doesn't usually lean heavily into free agency. I think we've made a lot more signings than I think people would have assumed that we would have, considering we usually like to work in-house. So we'll go over some of the biggest signings, as well as some people that we've kept, uh, you know, that we re-signed, and some people that we wish we didn't let go. Uh, starting off, I think a big person that we probably wish we would have kept is Cam Sutton. I think, uh, letting him go really sucked. I mean, honestly, he, he got a pretty decent deal from the lions. I know with how our cap was working at the beginning of free agency, it was a little bit understandable why we didn't have the room then to make him that deal. We were able to restructure a lot of contracts since then and get more cap in other places. But when he was looking for a deal, we didn't have the money to offer him a good deal when the Lions offered him a good deal. And you got to take the deal when you have it, you know?
0: We offered him something. It was like, I, I think it was only a one-year deal. Because yeah. apparently that's all the front office is capable of offering guys at this point, one- and two-year deals.
1: Well, yeah, because we've only offered at least re-signers one- and two-year deals. Um, I mean, everybody else... Uh well, most of our free agents have gone that we've brought in from other teams have gotten two year deals you know yeah. a couple one year deals but mostly two year deals but I feel yeah,
0: like, I feel like most guys that you bring in from the outside on one year deals don't really stick around they're just kind of like placeholders until like it's it's almost like placeholders of like until the turnover of the new league year, so you get guys to kind of plug the holes for this upcoming season so that next season when the draft comes around again, you can fix those holes because we got bigger holes now. That need to be fixed now, and then next year, obviously there'll be different holes that we need to be that need primary fixing. Yeah, the terminology. And
1: like speaking with that, I think I kind of like doing that with you know having the one and two year deals, um, kind of get us through this period right now. Despite the fact that we actually had a pretty solid season, made a attempt to get to the playoffs at least by the end. It it wasn't pretty, but we had a good season, regardless of what you think about what happened i don't think it's a stretch to say that we had a good season not a great season not an amazing season we had a good season especially when you factor in the fact that it was a major rebuilding year we yeah. were coming off of having a hall of fame quarterback for 18 seasons and then immediately getting a new quarterback while also having problems at a little bit wide receiver that we had to fix Problems, major problems at O-line. Having major holes in our defense. It was a rebuilding year on almost every phase of the team. And yet we still made it out with a 9-8 and record. Yeah, With a rookie quarterback and a uh, MVP. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, for people who don't know that, it's Nickelodeon's most valuable player.
0: Oh,
1: it, I, dear goodness. I don't know
0: what, I, for some reason my brain immediately went to like not valuable player. And yeah. I just thought of Matt Canada. I uh, know, no, I but forgot that Mitch Trubisky was voted the
1: MVP. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky was voted the MVP the first time that they ever had a Nickelodeon yes. uh, football he, game. And
0: he never played another game for the Bears.
1: Yeah. And yes, bringing up Matt Canada, Actually, we, we also had a problem at our offensive coordinator, which we still have, uh which is probably why we're not going to make a deep playoff run next year, but Oh well. Yeah. But we had holes that we had to fill and we were able to do that but we also left room for us to make it up in the draft. And the Steelers have been really really good throughout you know the history of the franchise at making it up in the draft. So yeah. I like the deals that we're doing because we're bringing on people and they're not just for one year deals. A lot of them are for two year deals. It gives us two years to figure out what we're going to do in the draft. Um and I th- I think it's just a good way of looking at it right now. But, you know, we've done kind of a big intro for this. Uh, going into some of the biggest signings that we did do. Um, yeah, it sucks that we got rid of Cam Sutton. But first big signing that we brought in, Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Peterson was, well, I'm going to say was one of the best, if not the best, cornerback of the last decade. I mean I mean it's really a debate between Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, and Jalen Ramsey on the best cornerbacks of the last decade. And Jalen Ramsey is still kind of where at the he end. Uh, he, he just he just went to Miami. Miami, that's
0: where he went. Which
1: came. that's gonna be a dangerous team next year if Tua can, you know I feel like we've been saying keep his, that his head for years. Okay
0: that's that's too fair. soon. <laughs> Tua can keep his head? Good lord. My Too bad. soon. Dude,
1: honestly, I feel bad for him, but three concussions in a year and one that was nearly crippling. Tua is turning that...
0: over in his hospital bed right now. <laughs> it, it, honestly. I was, was joke. He's not RG3. He's not.
1: No, but to be fair, if you had that many concussions, two of them being like actually seriously bad, I would seriously like question returning to the league after that. Especially considering how bad Miami handled two of them.
0: I don't know. They're trying to. Ru- the league's trying to rush Demar Hamlin back into the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think if Demar Hamlin ever played football again, that would be incredible. Yeah. Um. I mean,
0: it's ah whatever. That's not. But that's yeah, less that's important. that's
1: not really what we're talking about here. But Patrick Peterson is one of the best players to play the game in the last decade and a half. Um. But. That being said, he's played for a while. He's about, you know, mid-30s, leaving his prime. But the one thing that I do want to mention here is last year playing with the Vikings was his second best statistical season of his career. And we're talking about a player who has been named to the all-decade team and has one of the best rap sheets of any cornerback in the National Football League. Also almost really
0: a really bad Vikings defense.
1: Yeah, and he's almost a surefire Hall of Famer, if not a surefire Hall of Famer. I mean, if you make an all-decades team, you're a surefire Hall of Famer yeah, in I my Yeah, I feel like book. it's kind of
0: hard to not make the Hall of Fame if you're on that list.
1: And so the fact that he was able to have his statistically second-best season while already having a Hall of Fame career, I'm really excited to bring him in, especially on a defense where he doesn't have to do all the work. He's not going to have to cover the whole field. He's going to have to cover one guy because he can trust his other guys to cover them.
0: I also feel like the purpose isn't really. Like, we're not. You don't. We didn't sign Patrick Peterson on for the sake of, like, oh, he's going to be our quarterback of the future or whatever they're thinking up there. I think that the way that you got to look at it is the reason that they brought on Patrick Peterson is because. And I could be reading just too much into it, but I feel like. The general consensus right now is that if he's there, Steelers are going to take Joey Porter Jr. in a draft. I feel like that's the general consensus that that might happen. So if you draft a young cornerback who you want to develop into a number one guy on a team that has historically struggled at drafting corners, who are you going to bring in to mentor him? One of the best to ever do it. So right. I feel like that's kind of the thinking with Peterson right now. You bring him in so that he can mentor Joey Porter Jr. and it's not like he's a put like he's not a pushover. He's right. not like oh you know the sole purpose is just for him to mentor. Like he's going to play. He's going to be you know, fine.
1: And he's probably going to be locked down or at least
0: close. He won't be locked down, but he'll be like, it'll be probably like, you mentioned this earlier, I think, like basically just replacing Cam Sutton. I mean, he wasn't locked down, but he was still good.
1: And Cam Sutton had his best statistical season last year, which is why he got paid by the Lions.
0: Yeah, so you're bringing in, basically bringing in that kind of talent, except instead of on an upward trend, it's on a downward trend. And then you bring in a young guy, cover the other side of the field, develop him into a really good player, and then presumably by the time that that Jerry Porter Jr. would be a really good player. Peterson would be – I imagine he'll retire after his team yeah. contract is up. I don't I'm, see him staying for much longer.
1: I agree. I think he would most likely retire a Steeler, which, you know, he he's going to – his primary years was as an Arizona Cardinal. But, you know, you always which love to funny see – Because
0: no one ever says that. Yeah.
1: You love to see a player who's one of the best to ever do it
0: to – regardless of how long they did it, yeah. retire as Steeler, uh, you know. I I like that. That is an interesting question. Where do you think... I know Joe Hayden retired to Brown, but where do you think his best years were? Because he he basically, if I am thinking correctly, which I might not be, but if I remember correctly, I think he basically split his career half and half between Cleveland and
1: I think he spent a few more, maybe one or two more years in uh, Cleveland because he had about a 10 to 12-year career. And I know he spent... I think, like, four or five seasons in Pittsburgh. So it was probably a close split. Look, I I don't know his career in total, but I do know that he was considered one of the better cornerbacks in the league the year. And I just remember this play specifically, the year that he picked off Tom Brady. I was just
0: thinking about that. And saved the game against the Patriots.
1: I mean, you're talking about a guy who's like 5'10". I mean, you're talking about (laughs) a guy who's like 5'10 who uh, jumped, uh, like, scaled. Rob Gronkowski. He lost one of the best tight ends to ever play. 6'4, like, giant. And he went about two feet above him and picked the ball out of his hands. One of the best plays I've ever seen. I saw that game live. The, I mean, the stadium erupted. And he had a really good season that year. We went to the playoffs. We had no, a really good... Yeah, we did. Nope. That was the year that we lost to Jacksonville.
0: Nope. Yes, it was. It, the, was. it was the year after. Oh, no, 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 no. Remember the year we played Jacksonville was the notorious Jesse James. That's true. Play. I'm almost positive we went to the playoffs that no, year, though. because remember, we played Cincinnati in the last game of the season. That was the year we tied the Browns. And that was I was last, at that game, too. Yeah, to last, yeah, last game of the season. Everybody's watching the Jumbotron, and the Browns browned it. I would say, if we're,
1: for this, I would say probably his best years were in Pittsburgh, because that's where, I mean, granted, I wasn't as in the football beforehand, but that's where he made a name for himself. And if you watch Joe Hayden highlights, most of them are from Pittsburgh.
0: That's just because nobody wants to show the Browns on any highlight reel. But still, I, I mean,
1: for argument's sake, I think he probably did better in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But I understand wanting to retire a Brown when you've spent half your career in two places. And one was the one that drafted, drafted you me, yeah. and brought you into the NFL. And he wasn't a bad player when he played for the Browns. He was yeah. still one of the better receivers or er, corners in the league. Was he,
0: was he on the 0-17 team? Or did he get off?
1: The no, he left. He came to us right before that. Okay, that's why they went zero seventeen because yeah. they lost Joe they're, they're Hayden and one good
0: player left. Um, my tail tailed straight out of there.
1: Yeah, but you know, leaving the cornerback side, moving just south of there to the safety side, one of
0: my favorite signings is Keanu Neal. Um, he's keep, not. You keep saying Keanu, and I keep thinking you're going to say Reeves, and then you don't. <laughs> and so instead of getting the NFL, I get the Matrix. <laughs>
1: Um, but Keanu Neal, I, I, he's somebody that he's never he wasn't a starter for Tampa Bay, and he played for the Falcons right before that, and I don't believe he was a starter. He might actually on the Falcons. Yeah, he probably was a starter. All you have to do
0: is have a pair of working legs to be on the starter on the Falcons for current.
1: But um, he was a name that I had heard before, and I, I like most people listening to this podcast know this a big judge of, like, if I know a player, generally, you know, you know if somebody's bad, because, like, if you hear their name, because, you know, you can tell that that's why you heard their name, because they're bad. But if you know somebody's name, and it's somebody that you, like, look at the comments and people are vaguely, even vaguely excited for, if you've heard their name in the National Football League, you can generally assume that they're pretty good. And... That especially is, you know, people like me and Dill who look a lot closer into this, but more from the Steelers' side. So, like, we don't hear every player on every team. uh, You know, if we hear somebody else from another team, and then they get brought over to the Steelers, it's safer to assume that, you know, we're getting somebody good. So, I'm actually really excited about Keon O'Neal. He's been... You know, not necessarily a ball hawk, but he's been one of the best hard-hitting safeties uh, that we've seen in, you know, a decent amount of time. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm going to go out there and say, I don't think the NFL is really strong with safeties right now. You know, yeah. you have that top tier of Minka, Buda Baker, Jeffrey Simmons, um, Derwin James, and maybe one or two others. After that, it just drops. Like, you don't have a middle tier there. If I would put anybody in there, I would probably put Keanu Neal. And I like having that, you know, somebody who can just come in and absolutely blast somebody off the gun. Somebody who's not going to miss tackles. And we've been missing that on the Steelers for a really long time. And the way that I see it, and somebody else brought this up in the Steelers group chat that I'm in, it's almost like having a third middle linebacker. Yeah. And I really like that because our middle linebackers have been missing and we brought in two more, which we can touch on a little bit later. But having a third that you okay, if the first two miss their tackles, the Keanu won't. Now we have a third
0: guy to miss right. the tackle.
1: But the the fact is is like you, you brought in three new guys at very similar positions, if not the same position. And and I think that's a really good plan. The other two, we'll go into that. Cole Holcomb,
0: who's the other guy?
1: I and Elandon Roberts.
0: Elandon Roberts.
1: Um, Cole Holcomb is solid. He was on a porous Washington football team, uh, Washington Commanders, whatever. Um, Russian,
0: I can't say that
1: he was. Uh, you know, pretty solid. He got I think one or two interceptions. Um, was high up on their team in tackles
0: he was pretty much the like the dictionary definition of when you think of an average player that's i mean that's basically what's like smack ass smack in the middle yeah because I can't swear on this podcast
1: um but he's i i'm I'm good with that because another person that we let walk was Robert Spillane. and from what I hear, Cole Holcomb is basically textbook. The same as Robert Spillane, only he is faster. And also, he got a pick, which means he's not totally garbage in coverage.
0: So, look, <laughs> is that really how low the bar is for our middle linebackers? Like, Honestly, wow, he doesn't suck. Let's go. We got him. He can look at this point. He'll only miss of... a few tackles instead of all of them. <coughs> Devin Bush. <laughs> Uh, and, well, that was another thing. I don't believe he missed a lot of tackles last year. No, because it's really hard to miss a tackle if you're not going to make a tackle. In, like, if you're going to make an effort to make a tackle in the first place. Yeah. That was a shot at Devin Bush, by the way, because I think you were talking about Holcomb. I was talking about Holcomb. When you, when you said he didn't miss any tackles, and then I made it about Devin Bush.
1: Um, but I, I like bringing him in, especially, you know, having him be somebody that might be a little bit more rotational. um, Or just, you have him on the line you know, fighting like we had Robert Spillane doing, and then you have a Landon Roberts kind of in the back. Um But a Landon Roberts was somebody that also, he was actually a top-tier uh linebacker last year, but a lot of people didn't really hear his name because um, he was on a Miami Dolphins team that was run by their offense, not their defense. So he didn't get a lot of, you know, media attention. But if you really look at it, and this is really entertaining – he had a his tackle and uh tackle for loss numbers were higher than Miles Jack, Robert Spillane, and Devin Bush combined last year. That means he got at
0: least five tackles.
1: <laughs> um he was, I believe, in like the one tens for tackles, which nice. any anytime you get over a hundred like tackles. Miles Jack
0: at like a hundred.
1: No, Miles Jack was at like he he was doing well at the beginning. He was on pace, and then he ended up getting, like, 80-something.
0: Oh, wow, so I way
1: overshot that. Yeah. If, in, you know, feel free to fact-check me on this. I did hear it from somewhere. Um, <laughs> somewhere on, you know, Reddit. Um, it came to but be but there, regardless if, you know, the main tackles are in on this, there was... The Lord whispered it to me in my he was, he was still... I know tackles for loss was for sure he was better than all of them combined and still he was miles ahead of them.
0: He <laughs> miles ahead of Miles Jack. Shut up. <laughs> but regardless, he was
1: miles ahead of them in like individually. Even if it wasn't combined, he was better than each of them individually, and that's not a contest. And again, like we said earlier, what are you telling me? It's not like a not a content. You are not to dispute this. You are not, not allowed to dispute this. You are not allowed. But what I'm saying is it's an upgrade at probably our biggest hole on defense. You cannot argue that. And I'm, I'm really excited to see him uh, come in here. I think he's going to bring, I think we, we need a physical presence in our, in the middle of, you know, our backfield. Yeah, like we we haven't had that. We've had a uh, at least in the we've last ha- couple years. Had,
0: no, okay, look, we've had a physical presence in the backfield. Problem is, it don't ever leave the backfield. It just sits there like a brick, and you, all you got to do is wave at it as you pa- as you leisurely jog past with the football in your hand, as our secondary flies all over the place trying to tackle air. There's a picture of makeup that I saw. I think. um... Bengals Twitter or something posted it. And, of course, the Steelers' accounts are toasting them alive. But it was like, uh, you can't tackle air. And it was like, I think it was like Jamar Chase. No, it was T. Higgins. And he was running and Minka was trying to tackle him. But, like, T. Higgins is in one spot. And Minka's, like, probably half a yard to his right, like, lunging forward. Like, just st- straight forward. Not at Higgins, just forward. And looks Dang. like he's trying to tackle the air. And then the Bengals lost that game. Um, That's what you love to see. Oh, that was a, that was probably for the first yeah, game. Oh, the
1: honestly, as much as it I don't think I've ever been that close to death as to how close I was to having a heart attack during that first game. But it was yeah, low-key worth like, it.
0: That wasn't even like the the game was, took secondary meaning to TJ Watt saying I tore my pec running back. Actually, game. that's what that's what almost That was killed that was me. the driver of nerves. That it's that's like what killed me. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, so we won the first game, and then the rest of our season It was literally, you didn't, you didn't even care that we won the game. What, what's TJ Watt doing? You know, yeah. you're like, obsessively searching through social media, trying to find anything.
1: Well, I'm, I'm more like, okay, we won the game. We're not going to win anymore. Yeah. We're done now. And then... If he didn't come back in the middle of the season, we would not have been 9-8. and eight. It's true. That's a guarantee. It's true. Um, but the biggest thing I was looking at here is finally having somebody in the middle you know, that's not devin bush rest in peace <laughs> seattle seahawks um but uh wow like thank god they signed bobby wagner yeah. <laughs> or else they would have been screwed um but regardless we've always had a decent defense or a decent defensive line and even though we had holes in it we've had a decent secondary yeah. especially last year i i think we've gotten a little bit too much hate for a secondary last year. We led the league in interceptions.
0: Yeah.
1: We, last year, our secondary was the team personification of Trayvon Diggs. Give up a lot of yards, but have a lot of interceptions. Yeah,
0: It's Uh, also, like, it's a lot harder in the secondary when you can't get any pressure on the quarterback. And when you don't have T.J. Watt, you don't really get pressure on the quarterback.
1: Right. And so, this year, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to having a key player at each point. We'll have Minka in the secondary, and we'll have Patrick Peterson at cornerback. And also, hopefully, Joey Porter, um, because, again, we can't fully rely on Patrick Peterson, but the secondary is going to be a big unit this year because of everything that we've been doing with it. And then defensive line, we still got Cam Hayward. Also, uh, we've got Larry Ogunjobi that I think we we definitely got to talk about after this. Um, and then linebackers, we have Alex Highsmith who had a monsterly year last year and we have the best defensive player in the NFL right now at TJ Watt. Yep. And now at middle linebacker, we have a Landon Roberts. He's the one that I'm looking at. I do like Cole Holcomb, but Landon Roberts is our middle linebacker this year.
0: He's the guy that had all the numbers.
1: And I just, I really don't want him to pull another Miles Jack where, you know, he looks really good. On a subpar defense, and then we bring him into our defense, and then he just, then he just the bed. turns into nothing. Yeah. Which I, you know, maybe something needs to happen at our inside linebacker. <laughs> you're, re- you're really like struggling to figure out what the problem with our linebacking co- linebacker core is. Mean, it's, it's really frustrating, but at this point, hopefully, we've brought in enough new blood that we can change something up. We let all three of our other linebackers go.
0: Maybe Devin Bush was just contaminating the locker room.
1: But, yeah, and so I like the fact that we let our other three linebackers go. We brought in two more. Maybe that means we'll take a middle linebacker in the draft in our third round, the second round, bottom. possibly. Um, Not
0: until way later in the draft.
1: But I like that we basically cleaned out at our linebacker yeah. core, and I think a landed Roberts can be somebody that can really help us yeah. out in that middle. Um, but... Dill, I know you really wanted to get into this, uh, your favorite re-signing of the yeah, year.
0: And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to combine this kind of with our draft, the beginning of our draft talk. and make them one thing. Mm-hmm. So we re-signed Larry Ogunjobi. I think he got a two. He actually made gotten a three-year deal, but I think it was two. I want to say I, it was just two. I think, yeah. All right. If it's three, we yeah, are I mean, very like, I'm happy I'm not, with not, that. Yeah, but, I'm not going to complain. I'm just, I, I can't remember which one it was. Larry Ogunjobi was probably the, that I can think of off the top of my head, the best free agent signing that we had last year. He was a force in the middle, you know, When at a time when we weren't really getting pressure on the quarterback, he was one of the guys that was that was doing that. He was consistently, like, you know, putting in 100%, you know, getting where he needed to get. And I do want to say, he only had, I think, two sacks, but it, it's not about the sacks, it was
1: about the pressure. Yep. He was constantly getting in that middle, and then also, he I think because TJ was out so long, he led our team in tackles for loss, yeah. which was big because... When you get in there and try to make a play on the quarterback, you're
0: most likely gonna get a play on the running back if you miss the quarterback. It's not always about the quarterback, you know. Really run heavy offenses. Like I know he played the Panthers and the Falcons and the Ravens a bunch. Three really run heavy teams. But it's not always about the sacks with those teams, about getting penetration and taking on the running back. So Ogan Joby was a great he'll be a staple of that. Like he's not he's not like, you know, pro bowl or like hall of or excuse me pro bowl game caliber or you know hall of fame i don't think but he's not like some pushover who's just like you know he's just i don't i don't consider larry Ogan Joby filler i consider him he'll be a starter for a little while Mm -hmm. having said that i keep hearing about people who think that the steelers should trade up to get jalen carter in the draft and if i hear anyone else talk about that i'm gonna lose my mind do you understand, first of all, the reason he's falling so far on draft boards is because, and unless I'm thinking of the wrong guy, but I'm pretty sure I got the right guy in my mind. Did he not get criminally charged? He did. Yeah.
1: No, that that's, that is the same guy because he was pretty... That's why some Steelers fans want us to go for him because he was projected to go in the top three or four. Like, he was projected yeah. to be... Besides the quarterbacks that we know are going to be taken, he right. was projected to be like top three besides quarterbacks yeah like one of the best prospects
0: but he all- couldn't all right, keep so it together yeah out- so the man outside. so the man clearly has you know th- issues like some mm. I don't remember what he got it Was it wasn't speeding did he get into a car accident it was a car accident wasn't it it, it? it might it may have been I don't, I don't want to throw was, the wrong crime out it was something where he got like actually like he was cuffed yeah like he was in like he was in a lot of trouble So, to everyone proposing that we trade up and make a special effort to get him, I ask you this. Have you ever heard of a man named Deshaun Watson who we watched Cleveland take through legal trouble? We watched him get put on the field after the legal trouble. And we watched him stink up every single football field he touched. Now I'm not saying Jalen Carr is going to do that. What I am saying is, do you really want to trade up for a guy who has legal issues now and probably will have them again because repeat offenses tend to be a pretty common thing. Don't, what, why? For a defensive line, that's not that bad. Like, I know, like, you know, Cam Harrod's getting old. We understand that. Larry Ogunjobi, I just talked about, he's not bad. We have enough, like, you take a defensive lineman with a later round pick. You don't worry about that when we, our secondary is like a, 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 a tumbleweed. All right, we got tumbleweeds and pinballs in the secondary right now. That's who we have defending, you know, Jamar Chase. All right, like and an O line that's like you know one of them little stick fences that you build when you're three and need a project for preschool. All right, that's what we I do love how they're calling right. themselves the Picket Fence. I do love that. that that's is, actually that's, that's one of the best names yeah. in the NFL right I now. I do I do like that, but my point is, you know, we this is a team that still has Dan Moore at left tackle. How in the name of the Lord can you sit here and say that anything is more pressing than fixing that? Matt Canada is still employed, and Dan Moore is still a left tackle. We have more pressing issues. And I know you don't draft coordinators. I just had to throw that in there because I'm still mad about it. What? What? You are looking at me like I, you want to say I something. Dude, because this is going to go along
1: with the Dan Moore thing. Considering we have the picket fence up front, Dan Moore is our open gate. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, I like that. So we we gotta lock this gate. We but gotta so, lock it so up look,
0: tight. You need secondary. You need offensive linemen. Do you need defensive linemen? Sure, but it's not like that's the most pressing issue right now. And and certainly not an issue where you would go and take a guy who's in hot water already. Our guys don't do that until about three years into their career. In a another... don't wave your hand at me like <laughs> that was something good. Like yeah, that's a normal thing that happens. <laughs> Stop it.
1: Um, I you got a point there but uh another thing that i do like uh, going along with this if we were going to trade up to get Jalen carter to do that you would ha- either trade away a current player who i can't think of a current player that give we would hand be- more <laughs> i can't think of a current player that we would be willing to give away we have to give dan more and
0: picks <laughs> to get somebody to take him
1: they don't have to give us another, we just give him for free but to be, but to be honest, we would have to give a player, and or like we would, I can't see a player that we would want to give away to like for somebody like that. Yep. You know.
0: Yep.
1: I could see. You know, we've brought this up and possibly giving. You know, like if we want a defensive lineman from the draft. Actually, that's the same thing uh if we want a wide receiver from the draft giving them one of our wide receivers but we take another one it's like yeah. a give and take it's the same thing uh i can't think of anybody that we would want to get rid of on the o or on the d line for this but then also if you don't do that then you're giving up picks and this is, we've talked about it so last year was a rebuilding year yep. and we did pretty well with it but this year is also still a rebuilding year yep because we still have glaring holes that we've mentioned that we need to fill. So why aren't we worrying about those holes? if you give away picks to get up there, you just forgot about all of those holes.
0: You're prolonging the process of rebuilding.
1: And you're fixing a hole that we don't have. It's like having a hole and you just, it's like having a leak and you
0: decide to put flex seal on the one part of your pipe that's not leaking. I'm very glad that you said Flex Seal because I was going to say Flex Tape if you didn't. So I'm very glad we were on the same wavelength right there. But it's it's the same thing. You're plugging a leak that you don't have and then wondering why... It's It's like if you had a pipe that's like... You could tell it's like on the verge of bursting. And then you have a pipe that's literally missing like a chunk of it. And instead of Flex Taping the big chunk and, you know, patching up the water there... You douse the entire other pipe that's not even broken yet in flex tape. Exactly. Flex tape the right pipe for the blood of humanity. Exactly.
1: But in that, that's the thing. There's glaring needs that we need right now. This is not the thing to go for. But going into the draft, some of the biggest needs that we've talked about cornerback, O line. Yep. Right now, we have two first round picks. Technically, Technically, on a technicality, because we
0: got because Miami, Miami had to forfeit their group. over because they decided because that they were going to call. Could you yeah. imagine? Could you? Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine? this dude is called Joe Burrow right now. Like hey Joey, 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 come, come, come to Pittsburgh, come to Pittsburgh. How much we got? How much we got? How much? How much? He pulls a dollar out of his pocket. I'll give you that much. I'll give you that much, Joey. Could you imagine if they did that and then lost draft capital for it? That's what Miami did with Tom Brady. We don't want him. We don't need him. We don't like him. Joe, Joe Burrow, great guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Can't stand him. He's one of our rivals. Why mm. in God's name are you calling one of your biggest rivals? You know he's not going to come to you. You know he's not. You guys are rivals. That's how this works. You know he's not going to come. You call him anyway. All you're doing is asking Roger Goodell to put his foot down. Exactly. All right, and and Goodell, what was he doing? He was busy lounging around trying to figure out how to plan a European division for some actually, stupid reason. Actually, Robert Goodell...
1: Uh, Goodell was probably having lunch with Tom Brady when they called him because, you know, th- that's his golden boy right there. Yeah, It's like, uh, Goodell is like, or Tom's sitting there and he's like, oh, Roger, I got to take this right now. Comes back, you're not going to believe who <laughs> just called
0: me. <laughs> Roger, you're not getting. it's like getting a call from your ex. <laughs> you are not going to believe the stupidity on the other end of this phone. Roger's uh, like, all right, Tommy, how many draft picks do you want me to take away from him?
1: Oh, uh, like five. Oh, well, we, we can't do that. They'll know we had lunch <laughs> today, and you can't tell Giselle about that. Oh, uh, that was bad. I don't think when... he needs
0: to, to tell Giselle much. <laughs> uh, uh, but,
1: but anyway, anyway, but yeah, that's a
0: joke for another day. Yeah. So they had to forfeit their first round pick because of really stupid circumstances. So we, right. get, we have pick 32. And, and
1: because Chicago decided to absolutely suck, thank you, by the way. Uh thanks Chicago. Thank Houston for oh, going fast. for two in the last game of the year. <laughs> uh thank you Houston. Uh they gave us a you know the 32 pick for Chase Claypool. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank God. A fleece and a half. Oh, uh, dear goodness. Oh, uh, well TikTok. they're going to they're going to love when he uh celebrates early against the Vikings twice a year. <laughs> um but so we have two first round picks. Yep. The first one, and we said technically the same thing about Kenny Pickett last year. But the big thing that you have to think of is, will Joey Porter fall to us? If you're going to trade up for anyone, because it's technically still on the table, Jalen Carter is not the person you would pick. It would be to trade
0: up to make sure you get Joey Porter. you wouldn't be trading up, like, you know, six or seven spots. It'd be like maybe one. Oh, if you were going to trade to get Joey Porter... Because the only thing I've seen is Washington taking in him one pick before us. You would just jump Washington to get him instead. Exactly. You wouldn't be trading up to the top ten for jumping Right. Forward. You would
1: most like... And if you're jumping up one or two picks, you would probably be trading like a fifth rounder. Yeah. Or like a fifth rounder this year Even or fourth rounder. You could push that as far as a third. Right. Or or trade a, like a first rounder from... Or a second rounder from next year.
0: Like trade a N- later I, draft. You, know, you, you could trade... The deals that I would consider is you trade this year because we have two second round picks this year you trade this year's third to move up a couple spots i feel like that's fair that's yeah because you're not technically losing and you're still like you're still on the net positive even though you lost a draft pick because your picks are higher and you would be
1: and the person who you would be trading with would be barely losing anything they would be like well you know the person after us is probably not going to be taking the same player yep regardless if you're jumping up one or two picks would be really easy if that's all we need to do to take Joey Porter. And I think that's our biggest need right now. If you are secondaries in prime position, we're missing one, maybe two pieces. If you get him, we're set Yeah, because you have a lockdown safety at Minka who, if he's not going to pick the ball off, he's going to make the tackle. Yeah. You have Patrick Peterson who, like we said, won't be locked down. Most likely, but he is still going to be a top half corner in the game. And he's also somebody who, if you, if you have Patrick Peterson on your team and you're not taking a rookie cornerback, you're stupid, in my opinion. You need somebody, you have somebody who's on the decline, but is one of the best of the decade. Take somebody who can learn from him. Like Joey Porter Jr., who is probably the best cornerback in the draft. If he's not, then he's like in the top three. And ha- and not just that, he's a hometown guy who I mean, right now he goes to Penn State, which yeah. <laughs> but like he's, he's a, a home fan, huh? I'm a Pitt fan, you know? Yeah. He's a hometown guy and his dad was on our team too. He's a legacy. It's prime candidacy for the Steelers to take him. Uh, I just don't see how you don't take him. If he's available,
0: it's going to be like two seconds on the clock. And then it's like this. He'll he'll come out and read the card, be like, the Steelers are on the clock. And then as he's finishing that, someone will come in with the card of what the
1: the, the Steelers are. Oh, the pick pick is in. Oh, guys, it's in. (laughs) Uh, did, did, guys, did you tell the guy who's supposed to announce thing? It, uh, he's not even here yet. Gosh dang it. He went to get nachos. <laughs> um, but seriously, like it's a no-brainer if he's available. Yeah. The biggest one that I'm interested in is the 32 pick. That's the one that's interesting. I see three big options right now. One, and, and two of those options are kind of conditional on if certain players are available. If Jordan Addison is available, I think you at least consider it. I personally don't like this pick if they decide to take him, if he's available. Now, if he's available at a 32 pick, that's a steal. And it would be worth considering going for. But I don't see why you would. You have George Pickens, you have Calvin Austin, and you have Deontay Johnson. And I understand that you need a fourth guy to be in that rotation. Yep. But we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our biggest pride when it comes to the draft is being able to find the best wide receivers possible in really late dra- like yep. rounds. How else do you think we got Antonio Brown, kind of Deontay Johnson, um, Heinz Ward, so many of our best wide receivers were late round picks. Do that. And also, you have three... You would then have three wide receivers on, their, on your team that are either hotheads or borderline hotheads with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Jordan Addison. You are, way to, you are literally intentionally creating locker room drama. There's no point in doing that. So, yes, it would be worth considering. But you also have to remember, again, what we said a million times, what are your needs right now?
0: We've we've been pushing offensive line offer. I mean, it was people were saying it with Najee Harris. People were saying it with Kenny Pickett. Now I think you're entering your third year of still needing O-line help. You got to, like, you have to. I mean, it's just not, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't, you can't, you can't not do
1: that. Right. And so that would be another one that's not necessarily conditional. It's a very, very deep O-line draft.
0: Yeah.
1: On the O-line, though, I don't think you go, obviously you don't go center. Mason Cole is...
0: Yeah, he's doing, he's, he's doing pretty good for game.
1: He's doing really, really well. He allowed one sack last year, which on our O-line is really impressive. Yeah. Um, actually, that's just impressive in the NFL. Yeah. If you allow one sack on the O-line, that's that's good. And he was only out for half a game. So, I mean, it's not like he probably would have allowed a sack during that half yeah. a game. Um, our guards have been fixed, in my opinion. our I mean, Kendrick Green was one of our guards, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so luckily he will not be starting <sighs> thank god but we brought in Nate Herbig who isn't a big name but he's somebody that can be in rotation with Kendrick Green and you know not having Green on the field all the time is I think better in my opinion Dill's hate for Dan Moore is a little bit my hate for Kendrick Green I think he's I, I don't think he helps us at all Um. but I like bringing in Nate Herbig one of my favorite uh, probably up there on my favorite offseason move so far is bringing in Isaac Sumalu. He played over 1,300 snaps with the Eagles last year and only allowed one sack. This includes playoffs. This man was incredible. And the Eagles went against some of the best defenses because I said this is including playoffs, like went against major defenses. This man allowed one sack. He started Every single offensive snap last season.
0: That's all. That's
1: he. I mean, you saw how well uh, Miles Sanders ran last season. You saw how well, uh, you know, Boston Scott and these secondary running backs played for them last season. You saw how well Jalen Hurts ran last season. This man is born to play in a rushing offense. And that's what we need again. We need Najee Harris to not be swarmed by defensive players five yards back in the field. You know, we need Kenny Pickett to not have his head on a swivel and not turn into frickin' Tua, you know, because he also had two concussions last season, which I think one was said to technically not be a full concussion, but it was concussion protocol. But still, you had another, like our cornerback, had almost multiple con- concussions. Yeah. So we we need protection there, and we got that. It center guard and the other guard. I think if I think if you go guard again or center, do that late round seven six. Do that late as backups because we did lose J C Hassenauer, who was our backup center last year, uh, who played a couple times when Mason Cole got. Injured for that half game. Yeah. Um. I think you pick somebody up there, so you have somebody as an option. Same with guard, possibly somebody you know to be in rotation with Green and Herbig. Interior O line is not our need. Tackle is our need. We did bring in La Raven Clark, so we we brought in the Raven. <sighs> That's not good. Um. So we brought in somebody as a tackle, but. Through his career in the NFL, he's only ever been a rotational guy. That's not somebody who's gonna take over for Dan Moore. And we need somebody who's gonna take over for yeah. Dan Moore. So I th- I think the big the best option to go with at the 32 pick is an offensive tackle. Unless one player is available at 32. In my opinion, that one player has got to be Brian Branch. I don't know nothing about him. From what I've heard, Brian Branch is easily the best safety in the draft right now it's not really an option and if you have him at safety that would put Minka, Keanu Neal, Demonte KZ and Brian Branch in a four-part rotation in safety now obviously it wouldn't be a full four-part rotation Minka is never coming out of the game he's playing on offense if we need him to Minka will not leave the field because we are better when he's on the field but if we can have Brian Branch there and we can get him at a 32, he, that would make our secondary absolutely perfect, in my opinion. So if he's available, we go for him because you can't miss that talent. Yeah. But if we can't, tackle's the way to go. I just rambled for a really long time about that, and I never thought I would get that passionate about an <laughs> offensive yeah. line but we need help.
0: Um, So I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. You're going to tell us what? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what. So we just, we just talked about what you do with the 30 second pick. Here's my question to you. I'm going to present you with, this is, we're going to transition a little bit into the pickles pondering for this episode. I'm going to present you with a a scenario. I'm going to give my take on it a little bit because I actually want to talk this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, anyway. So, Joey Porter Jr., is not there pick 17. Fine, whatever. Let's say we take your your uh, Golden Boy, your Brian Branch. We take him at we take <laughs> we take him at pick 17. So, we t- we we take this we take alignment at pick 17. Theoretically, that solves our our offensive line problem for the most part anyway. Jordan Addison, he sits there. He sits there through pick 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, and all of a sudden you're sitting there thinking, How far is this man gonna fall? Do you then trade your thirty-second pick to jump up and get at it? So this is this is how you in in my mind this is how the trade package looks. Let's say you want pick twenty-two. We'll go with pick twenty-two. That's ten spots up. Mm -hmm. Actually, let's back. Let's pick say twenty-five. Let's say he falls twenty-five. That's where you want to get him. So you're moving up seven. Yeah, seven spots. You trade your thirty-second round pick and you trade Deontay Johnson. For whoever has a 25th round pick, you take that pick. You swap that. Do you take Jordan Addison with that package? Because in that scenario, right, you're getting rid of one of the problems, which is ego in the locker room. Now, all of a sudden, it's not three guys that you have to constantly feed the ball. It would be two because you have two essentially number one wide receivers. So when you look at that at face value, it seems like a win-win, right? I mean, it's like, you know, great, wonderful, cool, awesome. But then you wonder... Is it worth at any point like really pushing for Addison and not just letting him fall to you? Because in the scenario that I just presented, we fixed O-line, but corners still a problem. The corners are obviously not as good as Joey Porter, from what I know. I don't know that much about the corner class other than Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, there's
1: Joey Porter and then one or two other guys, but no one yeah. stand out
0: so, too much. Do you at that point do you say, alright. You know, corner. It's, this is why we put Peterson on for a two year deal. We'll try again next year. Do you just sort of can that idea? Go up and get Addison to get pick at his guy and hope that you get the, the uh Waddle Tua connection slash Burrow Chase connection. Do you try for that, or do you sit there and say, corner is what we need. Let's just take one of the lower level guys. In my mind, the way that I'm looking at it. I almost feel like you take the receiver. And I'm only saying that because we have, I mean, we just went over the defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Secondary would not really be very good. You'd have Minka, who's really good. You'd have Neal, who's not bad. You'd have Peterson, who's not. You'd have a bunch of average guys in the secondary against what I assume is going to be a weak schedule because we didn't do too yeah. well last year. And then you would have, so this would be a year that Pickett could grow, and you'd give him his former number one option so that he can go right back to that. So I feel like if there was ever a year to do that, it's, if there was ever a year to can that, it's this year. And I say that because of the soft schedule and because of who's available. I feel like if you want to try and accelerate the growth of Pickett this year against a relatively soft schedule, this is your year to do it. You could potentially bring him up to a franchise QB his second year. But that's all could that's all you could. Now I'm willing to take that ch- In my opinion, I would take that chance. Because we saw what Pickett did with Addison his senior year when we before we drafted him. So mm-hmm. I would take, I'm taking that chance. However, again, the biggest question in that scenario would be: what happens with the secondary? Do you rely on Peterson and and Minka and the guys and the crew back there? Or and now I'm gonna turn this over to you. Or do you think it's just not worth it? You take the corner. Doesn't matter if he's really good or less good.
1: I understand where you're saying, and I think that's a that's a good point. And th- another thing that I did want to bring er, bring into it is we're not going to be making a Super Bowl push because Matt Canada is still on our team. Correct. So it would be a growth year. The only thing is. If you can say that you believe next year will have a corner that will be as generational as what we assume. And now at this point, yes, Joey Porter's already been taken. Um, but if you can say that somebody next year is catching your eye, because look, if you're banking on cornerback next year, then you got to have a plan for that. If you can say that some people that you're looking at who are going to be eligible next year would fit that role, then I think you would go for it. There's just something that doesn't feel right about this season, everybody like accenting the picket-to-pickens connection, saying that this is going to be us going forward. This is something that we're really excited about. Steelers media has been blasting that. But then we go and draft Addison, and we make that our number one and I think it could help us, but I just, to me, that leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Having two people who the entire fan, like, you would have two separate options of the fan base saying, this is our QB wide receiver connection that we're pushing for. And then, I mean, it's hard to say whether it would happen, but then you almost have a locker room fight of, I'm the number one receiver, no, I'm the number See, one I, receiver. I disagree
0: with that because I feel like what happened this year, Johnson had more yards than Pickens. Pickens just had the nicer catches. Mm-hmm. Pickens had the touchdowns, Johnson had the yards. He didn't have the touchdowns. He didn't so have what, a single touchdown. No, he did not. So the way I look at it is you're just essentially replacing Johnson with a guy who can catch. Yeah. So again, like you're still it's not like he's not getting his numbers if that's all that he cares about you know, he's still getting plenty of yards and, like, he's getting right. the first downs and all this junk. He may not get the touchdowns, but I feel like that's not, like, it isn't, like, I again, you could look at it like Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen K. Waddle. That's you know, true. like, Tyreek Hill's the big, the flashy guy that everybody thinks of, but Waddle's no, I mean, he's no pushover. You know, like, he's he's still, he's really good. It is, like, it, it doesn't become, like, one and two, it becomes one and one. Yeah. I I do think
1: the the only way I would be happy with this pick, and I've kind of gone into it earlier, but you would have to get rid of Johnson. Right. And, and again, um, in, the, in the
0: in the scenario that I pitched to you, you, you would trade Johnson right. to whoever has 25 to go up, get ass. Okay.
1: I I think I would be okay with that. It just wouldn't be my first pick is kind of how I'm going to yeah. go about it. It wouldn't be exactly what I would do. Right. But if I saw it, I wouldn't be opposed. Right, okay. Almost kind of like what we thought could have happened with Malik Willis.
0: Right. Not okay. my favorite I'll take it. And then he played for Tennessee. And then well he kind that. of. He, I mean, he played a little
1: bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but
0: right. very good very good pondering. Yeah, we so will see what happens. So I'll leave, I'll point. leave that to the fans to ponder a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that about wraps up our talk about the draft. There's one more thing that I want to get into before we move into your hot take of the week and that's and it's going to be really brief. Stewarts fans, keep an eye on our friends down in Maryland because Lamar Jackson requested a trade. He does not and want to be in Baltimore. So If the Ravens lose Lamar, we got a sweep coming. I've heard people saying that like it would be bad if the Ravens got rid of Lamar and I how? Oh yeah, we'd be going up against Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, uh, that's whatever. I, I've heard people say like, oh, because they'll go and get in the draft and get a quarterback. And I'm um, But uh, who? Because yeah, they're, they're not, not very high, high up. up. I mean what's are are gonna have Bryce Young and CJ Stroud one and two. I mean, that's a given. And then so, and Anthony then,
1: Richardson and Will Levis. Well, Will
0: Levis is going to go top 5. Yeah. Uh, Anthony probably.
1: Richardson will probably go top 10.
0: Yeah, but even that. I don't and I feel like he's I don't getting, know if he's
1: going to do well. I think he could be a bust, but he's going to go top 10. I think 10. he's
0: I think he screams bust to me. I didn't hear anything about this guy throughout college football season, and now all of a sudden in the in the off season, he's just whoop like on everybody's draft boards. Give me mm-hmm. a break. Nobody else is calling my name at this point. Yeah, you know. So I'm just I'm just saying, keep an eye on our friends down in Baltimore because they could be storms are brewing. Yeah,
1: and they the thing is is from the O line running back perspective, they built this team around Lamar. They never did it for the freaking wide receivers. Yep. They always signed veteran wide receivers that couldn't catch to save their lives, but. Everything else, they built it for Lamar, and if he's gone, you're screwed.
0: Yeah. And like, if you're in Baltimore watching this, hold on to your crab legs. Yeah. You know, since we just finished talking about Anthony Richardson, actually, it is a hot take I've been hearing that he'll be a really good player. I obviously disagree with it. I've voiced my disagreement. But I've heard, Zach, that you also have a hot take that I may or may not disagree with. You haven't told me it quite yet. So tell me, Zach, what is your hot take for this week?
1: No, so my hot take for today, so the last three, or no, the last uh, six or so seasons, the Steelers have led in one of the categories of defense. Uh For six seasons, actually, I know that for a fact. For six seasons, it was sacks. Fortunately, last year, we didn't lead in sacks. Eagles had record number in sacks. They were dominating. But Steelers did lead in interceptions. And I do, I don't know if people are tracking this, but we've got to be you know, the franchise with one of the longest streaks of having a defense leading in a major defensive category every season for so many seasons in a row. And I see that repeating itself for the two I just mentioned. I see us this year leading the league in interceptions and leading the league in sacks. Four sacks. We're bringing back Lario. We have Cam Hayward. We have TJ Watt. Hopefully, I pray to God, hopefully, we have him for the whole season. And we have Alex Highsmith, who has fully entered his resurgence. He is in his top tier. This is our prime year to redo it. And, you know, you're adding in better interior linebackers. Um, so I feel like with the revamped defense, we're going to have a better shot at leading the sacks category, especially since if you want to look at the Ravens again, they're not going to be doing it because they've lost too many people on that D-line. Not to say that that D-line is bad by any stretch, but they've lost too many people there. The only one that I think we really have to worry about is the 49ers because they still have Nick Bosa.
0: Because apparently they believe that defensive line is the only thing you need to have a good defense. Yeah,
1: They still brought in Nick Bosa and they brought in uh, Javon Hargrave who, again, is probably at the end of his prime, but has been having some really good seasons as of late. But then to double back on the interceptions category. We led the league in interceptions last season with a... I'm going to say a secondary riddled with holes. Yeah, The fact that we were able to do that is ridiculously impressive. In our biggest interceptions leaders, we brought all except one of them back, Levi Wallace, DeMonte KZ, the biggest one, Minka Fitzpatrick. We brought those guys back. That's huge. So you have those guys back. You have Minka, who's a ball hawk, and he's going to continue to be a ball hawk. You have Evan Neal. He got one interception last year. It's not huge, but he's coming in on a defense that has a little bit more room at the secondary than I think Tampa had. Um Tampa had a decent defense last year, but mainly on their line, not really on their secondary. So we have better play there. And then Patrick Peterson, I mean, he's not what he was, but he had multiple interceptions last year, and he's been known to be a ball hawk. I see him having more interceptions this year. In Levi Wallace... Had, I believe, four interceptions last year. Three or four. I don't know the stats. But the stat he, he also had a large amount of interceptions. We have these people who are going to be bringing in interceptions. KZ had two interceptions in only playing half a season. We're bringing these guys in who are going to have multiple interceptions. And TJ Watt, who got two interceptions off of Joe Burrow. <laughs> One in each game, which I, I absolutely love that. And also, again, you have Landon Roberts who got one or two picks last year. You have Cole Holcomb who got a pick last year. You have these players that each one of them has proven they can get interceptions when it matters. Even Cam Hayward has gotten one or two interceptions. So you have these people who are going to be bringing the sacks, bringing the interceptions. I see us leading in at least one of those major defensive categories, if not both of them. Uh, But that was our podcast for today. I know it was a really long podcast, uh, but... Obviously, we've been missing for uh, much of the off season due to Spotify being, you know, dumb. crap. Yeah, dumb, whatever you want to call them. We will be back in full force uh, more recently. Uh, as we get closer to the beginning of the USFL season, we might start talking about that a little bit. Uh, I think
0: their training camp just ended.
1: Yeah, and uh, so they're going to be starting up uh, relatively soon, uh, end of April, and XFL... I know I personally haven't been uh keeping as in touch as I wanted to uh but they're starting to get closer to their championship. Uh so we will start talking about them once, you know, we get closer to the championship. Uh probably do a couple predictions on who we think's going to win as we get closer to that. Um so we'll be doing a little bit more stuff with spring football. But the biggest thing is, as we get closer to the draft, we'll do a couple mock drafts. We'll probably post a couple of those mock drafts on the Instagram, and we are going to get ready for uh, our year anniversaries uh, of the podcast, starting with uh, another NFL draft. So let us know uh, on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you find Facebook, us Facebook. Uh, not an official Facebook, but I use my Facebook to promote the podcast. Okay. So wherever you uh, have found us, uh, let us know there. If you're up for us doing a Instagram or Facebook Live, because um, that's right now our plan for come draft day, is we're going uh, to try and do that. And also, I just want to throw it out to everybody. Would you like to see us do a YouTube channel next season? We've been throwing around the idea. It's not a guarantee, um, but we've been
0: even plen- just posting the podcast episodes on YouTube. I mean, there wouldn't there wouldn't be much to look at, but it would they would be available in one other place.
1: Right, right. So if you want us to see, or if you want to see us uh, expanding to YouTube, if you guys have opinions on that, let us know, please. Um, we'd love to, you know, be able to reach you guys in more audiences. Uh, so let us know. And, you know, since we've been out for a while, if there's anything else that you guys want us to talk about that we you think we've missed, uh, let us know. And hopefully, you know, even though we've been out for a while, we still have you guys back. Uh, keep bringing in the views. Uh, you know, keep supporting us. We appreciate you all. And that is it for the podcast today. Uh, hopefully we still have some more stuff going on in the off season this year because um, we're definitely in our slow time. But. Yep hopefully we will ramp up once the draft starts and we'll have a pretty good summer but yeah that's it for today uh thank you guys for watching today uh hope you guys enjoyed it but we are going to end this podcast the way that Steelers fans end every day here we go Steelers here we go